This episode of Sewing Out Loud is brought to you by the Made to Measure Leggings class from SewHere.com. This online class brings ZD right into your sewing room to show you how to measure, draft, and construct a pair of leggings based on your personal measurements. Go to SewHere.com leggings to find out more and get access to all the videos and course materials immediately. That's SewHere.com leggings. Welcome to Sewing Out Loud, the official podcast of ZD Sewing Studio. Here are your hosts, ZD and Mallory. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Mallory Donahue. And I'm ZD Donahue. And today, we're back after a while. Um, we have a really excellent question from OG Sewing Out Loud listener, self sewn wardrobe supporter, Fred. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, you may. Fred has been posting all these things on her personal page yeah. of her work, and she works, she does upholstery. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, so impressed. Doing yeah, well, things. I was thinking about importing her you for a couple very, weeks and just may, saying, come on down. You may remember Fred from Fred's Tiny Sewing Room. Um, um well, a blog post. And uh, actually, she may be one of the few people who has had her voice on this podcast, like, other than true. you and me. Because we... She wasn't really live. She wasn't live. We, we played, like, a recording. Now, other people have been... I can't, but we don't, you know, we don't really do interviews, right? It's just ZD and Mal. So anyway, uh, all right. Fred has a really great question. Uh, Have you ever done an episode about presser foot pressure? No, I don't think so. Okay, there's the answer. No, but I'm feeling feeling the pressure. (laughs) I'm feeling the pressure She says, have you ever done an episode about presser foot pressure? I understand what it is, but how do I use it? When my okay. wait 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 it, just go ahead. God, she's Louise. <laughs> when might I want to adjust it, and why? How does changing your presser foot pressure change your sewing? Okay, I'm. There we go. Now you can interrupt. <laughs> and it's presser foot. It's not pressure foot. Yeah. But the presser foot does increase or decrease the pressure that is put on. You know. The fabric that is going through. Yeah, and I would say it that is, an, one, it can be really important to not say pressure foot because, right. like, that can confuse people because the word pressure, you know, we can start to get into, like, something else, you know, there. So it is a presser foot. Um, it presses on the fabric mm-hmm. to some degree or another, right? Right. right? Uh, depending on the foot. So I'm looking right now... Uh, at our destiny, and there's a presser foot on it that's the embroidery presser foot because you were just embroidering, and it's very different from other presser feet. Okay, so embroidery presser feet right. or presser feet that are used for free motion quilting, etc. They uh, don't interact with the feed dogs, so they don't put pressure on. Well, basically. they do. They well, rest no, some upon of them the fabric. Don't. They might stop flagging. Yeah, and if anybody yeah. knows what flagging is. It's when, especially when you have something in a hoop, right? Yeah. The hoop will flop up and down because of... Because of the motion of the needle. Right. So they keep it from flying well, up or the fabric from flying up. I guess, up. you know, when you're... So we're just getting off like on a, on a tangent here. No. Uh, whatever. No. Great, great. Tangent foot. With the... I, <laughs> I would argue some semantics here about those... Mm-hmm. 
those presser feet that are used with the feed dogs dropped because there are often settings on the machine where it's like let's have this foot low medium or high because of like a quilt loft okay right so there is technically some height differences right but what i okay what i would say in regards to pressure there is that you're trying not to have pressure on the quilt. Sure, but no right. pressure is is a measure of pressure. Exactly. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. So anyway, I, but that's I, not I, what Fred I is talking agree about. With that. What is Fred talking about? <laughs> Fred, hey, all this stuff she Fred. puts out and she's like showing off yeah. with, you know, and show off. I use in a good and positive we, term. She should be. We are feeling free to compliment Fred. Yes, I'm feeling very free to come. Um. Um. Fred should know a lot about it about it i swear i think that i think that you know the more you do something then the more questions you have right because you're diving in so she is that's kind of a a sign of someone who's you know getting curious about their craft so anyway i'm just looking at that presser foot um that's on the machine it it is a presser foot that's used with the feed dogs dropped i think the question fred is asking and i know this sort of like from a little bit of a follow-up question that she has here um she wants to know about presser foot pressure when you're using a foot that does go down, interact with the feed dogs. And does touch and and basically touches your project. Yes, touches your project on purpose. And I would say I I see this feature I think being like overutilized. I do too. Yep. I would say that too. And that's because it's it's sort of like when people are adjusting their tension, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's oh. another problem. So so let's talk about presser foot pressure, but maybe then let's talk about, like, when people think they need to use well, it. I, maybe I should have even asked Fred that. Like, when are you, when well, are you having this? When are you having I, trouble? I, I, or, I guess you know. the issue is you need to make sure the things that you know about yeah. or that you're informed about and that you work with every day, you need to make sure – those are working. Yep. Yes. So presser foot pressure, uh, I see people use it a lot with knits. They say decrease mm-hmm. your presser foot pressure. Right. And, you know, perfectly, I think it can be valid. It Because you don't, you don't know the set point. You don't know where that presser foot right. pressure is at right. the moment, right. right? I'm not in their right. sewing room. I can't tell. Right. But a lot of times, people are like, your your knit is waving, you right. know, it's rippling or something. And what's the what would be your first thing to try versus instead of presser foot pressure if the knit is, you know, getting ripply and wavy under your foot? My first thing yeah. would be stitch length. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's I got a, it right. Woo! I got it right. So, like we've said before on this podcast, this podcast is basically telling you to raise your presser foot to thread and to lengthen your stitch. Right. <laughs> like those are the two most common pieces of, of advice we right. give. I and, yep. and re-thread. Make sure you're threaded yep. correctly. Thread, thread properly. If you're not threaded properly, yep. a whole bunch of things can be going wrong. Absolutely. So lengthening that stitch often will take care of the um the 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 waving because the the knit is getting like overly manipulated or the knit is slippery and it's not moving through at the rate a woven wood or something it's unstable i mean yeah slippery and unstable and i i want to make sure that we understand that's Really, two different things. Sure. Because the fabric usually is got a slicker feeling mm-hmm. or a slicker type thread. And then 
you know, it's not woven to be stable. Yeah. It's woven to stretch and move. So if you have a, I mean, you probably wouldn't stitch on your knit with just a regular straight stitch, but just for the purposes of our. Well, I, I have. I mean, you can. Yeah, yeah. There, there are definitely times. But if you set your straight stitch to the default of 2.5 millimeters long uh, and you send your like slippery and stretchy and unstable mm -hmm. knit through there and then you got a ruler, you might be right. like, these stitches are not 2.5, right. you know, and you could lengthen your stitch and 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 take care of that issue possibly um but people say reduce presser foot pressure and that could help mm -hmm. okay if the pressure was too mm -hmm. tight but how could it cause an issue so it could bring in another like problem it, right well, and if that's not the problem right You've brought in another problem, and you haven't corrected the initial first thing. So then right? if your presser foot pressure isn't tight enough or, or, or heavy enough or whatever, but then it, you got a whole other set well, of problems. And your problem yeah. might be feed. Mm -hmm. Okay? It might be that it's not feeding evenly, which very few knits do. Yep. Okay? Yep. If you really look at a knit stitch, if it's not on a serger, yeah. okay, or with a true like you know stretch stitch okay very easily it's not uniform mm -hmm. and that's okay yeah. okay that it can be acceptable like that yeah th it, that's right it can be acceptable Stitches so, so don't don't freak out if it's not your perfect little nice yeah. little you know quilting stitch that's on two uh layers of you know well starched Quilting, quilting cotton. cotton or something. That is, that You're is. You're not going to get the same stitch. You don't even want the same that's stitch. That's right. The stitch is going to have to move with your fabric a little bit. And I think we record an episode that's like, your stitches won't look as good on knits. Right. And right. that's okay. It's right. a function, right? right? Okay, get it off. I can stretch it. I can move in it. It's good. Right. Yay. Right. Fabulous. So that's true. Um, So where you could have a machine that's like improperly calibrated. Okay, or you bought a used machine and someone said with the presser, with the presser foot, foot pressure. Like you, it's not in what they consider the average or normal. Yes, state. whatever like the tech specs would be. Right. So maybe you bought a used machine and someone had screwed with it. Mm -hmm. Or you, you know, you got a machine from the factory and it somehow was not set. Or, it can happen. Or one time I wore out of a set, set of feed dogs. dogs. Yeah, you so can wear out a my, set of feed dogs. You know, my dogs. little grippy teeth were no longer the height that they yep. used to be. So that that can happen. Uh, but it is not the thing that I'm going to, like, every time I sit down to sew. And don't we sew on lots of different things? Yes. Okay. You know, we sew on sticky things. We sew on thick things. Yep. Um, you know, uh, we sew on very fragile things. Okay, very um, delicate things. Okay, yeah. So we we sew on a lot of different stuff. Now, okay, we'll also say one of our machines, the Destiny. Now we sew on some other machines too, right? We got an older Bernina over there. No, there, it's very, it's electronic. It's it's not computerized. Um, the baby lock does have a sensor on it. I will disclaim. Right. <laughs> it does have a fabric sensor. Well, and supposedly oh. the Spernina does, too. Oh, really? It does have right. a little bit of a sensor. Well, I will tell you, I don't change the pressure. But yeah. Pressure, you so know. We're, um, so so there, there can be times. Actually, though, I think with the Destiny, you have to, like, set it. You have to be like, hello, turn on presser foot pressure, and then you have to put your thickness under there, and put it, the foot down, yeah. and then it's like, okay, now it's on this. It's not like every time you raise and lower your presser foot, it's right. sensing it. Okay. So um, anyway, you can't have machines like that. So you you may have to 
uh, calibrate it. But if you were to calibrate it to two pieces of like cotton, woven, stable cotton right. under there, and everything's going well, it does a buttonhole okay. well, it does a zigzag well. Go and ahead. I do want to point this yeah. out again. She's yeah. saying two layers. Two layers. That's how sewing machines are calibrated. Two layers. Yep. That's what the sewing machine is going to expect to go through it. Two layers. Yep. So um, that is, that's where this can come come into play. I'd say, I'm not saying never touch that knob or something, right. but other things can be the problem. That's right. So it's it's more like go to the to the use of it. So Fred says, I know what it is. So she gets it. Okay, right. I'm raising or lowering the height of my right. presser foot. And maybe that also might be um, a good point here. Right. Some machines or some settings, they'll actually call it presser foot height yes. instead of pressure. Yes, yes. Um, well, some machines have a presser foot height yeah. adjustment and a presser foot pressure adjustment so so there's two different things going on that's there. very true and i think that's usually i honestly think it's the feed dogs that are changing so as well yeah i think only oh honestly. oh you mean but, with the pressure one okay right okay. the pressure one is the thing that's on the side mm-hmm. that's, that, that's yeah. coming from the top yeah and then when it says height and you'll see these you'll see it, it looks like usually they have a little picture of a presser foot and then they'll have like a zigzag underneath it that's supposed to look stitch. like the feed dogs or something. right it's yeah. supposed to look like the feed dogs that's the feed dogs and that changes your so pressure yeah, too you can have feed dog height adjustment yes yes yes, yes. um i want to take a quick break and come back and talk about a couple times when i actually have done this mm-hmm. or or advise someone to do right. it and it's worked and it's been right. valid so right. i don't want to just completely be like oh i don't do that i mean right. i do want to Hey, it's overused. I think right. sometimes there's other problems. But let's come back and let's talk about when it's when I've seen it used properly and and the the things that are in common between all those situations. Hey ZD, wouldn't it be cool if everyone who listened to this podcast could learn how to make perfectly fitting leggings directly from you, the leggings expert? Well, yes, Mal. That's why we produce the Made to Measure Leggings class. I teach anyone, no matter their age, ability, or gender, to make perfectly fitting leggings based on their measurements. And if someone is feeling particularly generous, they can make leggings for anyone who they can get to stand still long enough to measure. You, yes you, can get immediate access to all the videos and course materials in the Made to Measure Leggings class by going to SewHere.com leggings. This online class allows you to complete the process at your own pace, and you own it forever, so you can re-watch it as many times as you need. Stop struggling with the leggings that roll down or sag in the wrong places. I'll be your guide as you create leggings that are made especially for you. No matter what your equipment or skill level, ZD covers everything from measuring, drafting, cutting, and construction on a sewing machine or serger in this class. Go to SewHere.com leggings and get started today. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Well, say that again. We're back. Just in case you missed it. I don't know. I tried to push the button. didn't work. Okay, we're back. Okay, one time. Uh, here, Here's a definitely not automatic presser foot pressure <laughs> situation. I had a costumer with an Imagine Serger, Baby Lock Imagine uh-huh. Serger, and they were hemming tulle circle skirts, uh-huh. thin tulle circle, one layer of tulle, uh-huh. hemming it with a rolled edge. Uh-huh. Circle skirt. Okay. So she called up and she was like, oh, it'll work for a little bit. And then the the she loses the edge, the edge jumps yeah. out, you know, and, and then it works for a little bit. And I said, well, that's because you're getting the full 360 degrees of the warp and weft right. relationship, right? So I said, it's probably gripping on just fine when you're on the straight or the right. cross grain. And then when you're on the bias, it's stretching away. And one layer of like mesh, basically. I don't know if every mm-hmm. is tool, so it's like a tutu, I think, uh-huh. almost kind of situation. So this is one layer, okay? So I told her to tighten her presser foot pressure, and I remember thinking at the time, man, I never tell anybody this, right? <laughs> Especially on a surgery. Yes, I remember exactly who it was. You know the person. Um, is it Stevens College? And I said, tighten that presser foot pressure. Now, on the Imagine, and I'm looking at our Enlighten here, it's this knob at the top. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of it because it's that hole on top, Mom. There you go. Yeah, she got her finger in it. It's just this, it's like this knob that's in a hole and there's no baseline. It's not like zero, one, two, three, negative one. Well, or anything. It's just like and, random. <laughs> and so I won't forget this. Yeah. Part of adjusting this is... How are you going to get it back? Yeah, to the the factory setting. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and that is that's an issue anytime you start with with some of these things. Yep. right. You know how are you going to get it back? Because then the next time you are going to sew on two layers of quilting cotton, you're going to go, what happened? That's right. Right. That's right. Yeah. So so make yourself a mark if there's a baseline. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she called me back and. You know, praised me. Uh, she was like, "Thank you so much." Now everything's just zipping right along. Right. You know, the the thing she said was like, "I've never had any trouble with this machine," right. and now and I'm now so frustrated right. because this isn't working. I also told her, "You need to be cutting off a little bit." Yes, and you need to push it, push the the hem of your of your skirt the toward fabric the needs foot. To be pu- pushed towards the blade yep. because naturally on a curve. When you are going through a pressure, a, a presser foot on I- any machine, really, uh-huh. okay, it will tend to push it out and away. Right. Right. So, so that's a little bit like, wait a minute, it'll push it out and away. Why did I have her, um, why did I have her tighten it? 
Right. Well, I felt like it was slipping away. Because you wanted the grip. Yeah. Right. And we know from past episodes that there's that space-time delay between the blade and the right. needle on the serger. Right. So that's what was going on, you know. So I think I... I may be making this up, but I, I think I probably counseled her first. Are you really pushing that toward the needle? Right. Are you doing this? You know, et cetera, et cetera. So that changing that helped her and it made me so happy. And I was like, okay, here's here's right. Here's this, right? Uh the other time I have seen this needed, either on a serger or on a sewing machine, is if someone has a big old quilt sandwich mm-hmm. or like a bag where they're sewing through a ton of layers and especially a bag where it's you know home deck fabric yeah okay and a lot of home deck fabric has topography to it right up and down and you know you might need less of a grip there okay yep might be it might well, Okay. It depends. You might need less. You might need more. So I think we we are saying less or more of a grip, but I think like the net result is basically like what keeps this in contact, right? right with right, both the right, foot right. and the feed dogs, and so, still allows it to feed. Yeah, and allows and allows the tension mechanisms right. to engage. Right. So we've talked about how you raise your presser foot, or you push a button on your machine that automatically raises your presser foot for you, whatever, to thread your machine because it opens the tension discs. Right. So if you have ever tried to put something so thick under your machine that it won't let that like presser foot lever come, come down, down. Right. your tension discs aren't engaged. They are not engaged. So even though it like might feed it through, then you lose all your top tension, right? right? Well, I've and, seen that happen. And you'll see people, <clears throat> it's very common, people would come in with a thickness. Yeah. And they would have all this bobbin thread loose. Yeah. On, or not bobbin thread, but all this thread loose on the underneath yep. what they considered the bobbin side. And of course they started screwing with their bobbin thread and it was really that there was and that's not what it was at all there was no top tension yeah so remember if the bird's nest is on the bottom the problem is on the top yep and the top could be that the presser foot has not been allowed to engage those tension discs so really I think when you should consider this is truly when the outlier of the situation is actually the height of the work. Right. I I do too. Right. I I think a lot of it is is the whole thickness issue. So not that if it's like, so if it's just two layers in it or if it's just two layers of woven, I'm like, let's look at some other stuff first. But if you're going to put that one layer of, well, sometimes it's nothing technically with mesh, right, mom? Right. Because you're. There's right. a big it's hole like there. You know? sewing on you're air. sewing on air. So so we're, what we see here is it's like literally the height of the work yes. is what would determine it, not slipperiness or unstableness right. of fabric. And I don't want right? you to I don't want you to say height and them thinking of that it needs to be thick or high with height. It can be a very low height. That's right. right. That right. no, very good. Right. No, yeah. So the 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 relative, you know, height of the work, like you know, right. measuring it, you know, right. looking at it from the side, turning your head ninety degrees and be like, this any, is, any, no. any 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 <laughs> thickness or height, that, yeah. that is not what your machine or you are used to. Yes. And you know, here's another thing. 
So we see people say, oh, my knit's not working on my conventional machine. You know, it's wavy, it's this, it's that. And the first thing people say, one of the first things, is use a walking foot. Yeah. Okay. Well, then don't, you're, so they're telling you to lessen your pressure in one instance, and in the other instance, they're basically telling you to put more grip there. So those are both contradictory to each other yeah, so for the I, same problem. I think Fred had like a – one of her follow-up questions included something about walking feet. Sorry, I just, right. I just lost it. So she said – so she said um, like basically with the, with the presser foot pressure – how do, how do you know if it's too high or low, and is it different between standard flat feet or walking feet? So, like, if I was for whatever – so, walking feet. Okay, why why are walking feet used? To pull the top and the bottom together at the same time. That's right. So, you're getting up – so, yep. when you're doing just conventional, regular sewing, right, you, you know, pull up to the machine, and you stick something under there, and you have a regular type presser foot on, or you're – you know, normal presser foot or whatever you want to call it. There is no pull on the fabric from the top. Mm -hmm. It's only pulling from the bottom. That's why, you know, we have, we tell you to hold your hand. and ZD sewing you know, grip kind of the, thing, yeah. The different grips that you can. So with a, pre, with a walking foot, you have something gripping from the top and something gripping from the bottom. The foot is actually walking along with the movement of the lower feed dogs. You actually have feed dogs on the top and the bottom. That's right. So you see this in quilting. Why why like why do walking feet get used for quilting? Because of the layers. The layers. You the want, layers. You're trying to pull them all together at the same time. It's like time. the princess and the pea thing. Right. The more layers you get, the more disconnected that top layer would be right. from the bottom feed and, dogs. And what do we use walking feet for? Things that tend to shift. Layers, um, nap, mm -hmm. things like like a velvet, oh my gosh, you know. Whoa, velvet's shifty, shifty, you know, can shift, 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 um, or something like a plaid that you're trying to match. Make sure along that, a, you know yeah. a long seam. No you want to make sure that you are feeding them all exactly the same. Yeah, and so I we've said our walking feet for knits or not. That's one of well, I think one of the first I don't know twenty yeah you know episodes we did. It's certainly it's a there, big controversy. Is there in the beginning? This is once again like I I hope we I hope this is what we said. I don't think it's gonna like screw anything up terribly. No, no. Um, but you could probably fix your problem just by lengthening your stitch. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, and I and and my objection yeah. to a walking foot on knits is what are you doing with the curve? What are and you doing easing. with the turn? What do you right? Yeah. So you actually lose some control and flexibility when you you yeah. exact. That's yeah. a good word. For that it. a good word? Yeah. You lose some control and flexibility when you're using a walking foot. Yeah. It doesn't allow me to take a little tug on the bottom layer mm -hmm. with the way I hold my hands. Right. right? Um. So, yeah, and I'm like, so how do you guys get around these curves and stuff? You I mean, know? you know, I'm sure it can be done, but, I, right. yeah, it's just, anyway. Um, and if using a walking foot on knits for you, great. It's Again, just, don't, if it works for you, it works. Yeah, just don't, it's not the, a it's, must, must, it's not biblical. must have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, you know, that's, we've got other dogma. <laughs> that's that's not right. part we, of it. We do have some dogma, <laughs> but that's okay. not one of them. So, we've gone 
Uh, we're, we're a little over 20 minutes here, but I think that this next question that Fred has is good, and it sort of relates to, like, this thickness thing. Um, she says, what about hump jumpers? How are they used? Are they bull bleep or actually useful? When might someone want to use one and why? How about a DIY one? Dang. All right. So hump jumpers are not bullshit. And there's nothing wrong with a do-it-yourself one. Yep. That, that's if, right. If, if you can match the hump, you're fine. And they, okay, so not only are they, like, not bullshit, they're a great idea. Oh, absolutely. If you yeah. need it. So what a hump, if you don't know what a hump jumper is, um, it's. Some people, they call them a oh, de- denim, what do they call yeah, them? Yeah, de- a jeans jump. A, a, a denim something. Yeah. So you'll, you'll actually, a lot of times, and especially, you know the more modern sewing kits you will get one it'll be like three pieces of plastic that are rectangular and they are they're um what do i want to say they're grommeted they're they're riveted together yeah okay and you you know you can use one layer or two layers or three layers Uh you know so you get this these different heights on this hump jumper yeah yeah and then you can put them basically behind your presser foot yeah are just on the, what not behind yeah more like back the back of it the back of your presser foot should be on. well okay yes but behind so, your needle it's behind your needle uh, that's the, that's yeah, a better heel, way to say it i, I would call yes. that under the heel of under the presser the heel field, of the foot, the foot yeah. yes so that when you put when you lower your mm-hmm. needle or lower your presser foot basically yep. it will only lower to that level yeah Okay, it won't be uneven because you've got a hump. You've you've made that hump jumper the same level as your hump. Yeah. So here's the deal: you're you're coming up against uh, you're you're sewing along, and what's going to come through your needle's path is like say eight layers of denim because you are coming up to a jeans seam. Yeah. Right. That's why a lot of big time. You know, jeans. This is usually where. You know, you're hemming over, you know, a big seam that's already there. So yep. now you've doubled up this big, huge, you know, whatever. Um, Yeah. So you would come up to the hump. And what would happen without the hump jumper, uh, depending on the foot you're using, is like the toe of your foot would start to raise up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can go at like an alarming angle. So, so, so right. <laughs> and, and so if you really look at your presser feet, almost all of them have this ability right like to like an ankle kind of teeter-totter teeter-totter right 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 because things change yes right so so it's good for a certain extent but i've seen people just try to just go over some great thickness like this and this has nothing to do with how many layers the sewing machine can sew through no no no. Because what it has to do with is the change, the very sudden right. change. And um, how straight your needle is, and hopefully you haven't bent right. it already. So <laughs> I've seen people come up to that, and the foot, phew, I'm right. up at a 50-degree like angle. The, the, so the toes of the foot are pointing, like, you know, to the, to sky. the sky. Yeah. And then the needle can hit the presser foot right. and break right. and sadness all well, around. Or and, it won't feed. Yeah, or it won't feed. Well, and when you— Or it won't feed, or— you know, you get a slippage that maybe you're you don't realize. Yeah, when you interrupt the feed of the sewing machine, you there's just so much um, 
so much potential right. for damage and and things like that. So with the hump jumper, mm-hmm. actually, if if you can if you do this or you visualize this or whatever, it can kind of um put into perspective a little bit about the presser foot pressure. So when you come up to that and you're like, oh, my toe is going to. Right. So you stop your machine. You stop your machine. Um, and then you raise your presser foot mm-hmm. and you put your hump jumper behind your needle. On the heel of the foot, oh, as we're calling it. De- definitely behind your needle, behind everybody. The needle. We are not telling right. you to sew over and, and, and plastic. And like Fred says, <laughs> what about, like, do you know. What about a stack of Post-its? What well, about or, a. Or a stack of the same fabric you're going yeah, over. What you, about, could, you could do the yep. hump you, you know, you're using. That's right. Or anything. A notebook. Okay. I, I remember the stack of post-its, right? Yeah. Because I think I remember someone actually ended up somehow sewing, sewing a stack of post-its. You I, know. <laughs> I went to a quilt show one time. That's and, what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. And this yeah. lady says, I have to show you something. And she left the post-its on there. Yeah. To prove to everybody she sewed or machine sewed through all of these post-its. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you put that behind there and then you raise your foot and you put it down and now your foot is literally at a different level. And it's adjusted to your hump. And so most machines have some kind of range, right? right? Where they're like, the, the presser foot's down um, three millimeters above the bed, five millimeters, one millimeter. It can do, it, it can be right. flexible. Most machines have some uh, amount of flexibility. And then you go over it and you come off. And normally there's a little less danger of coming off of a hump uh-huh. than going over one, right. um, but maybe you want to not go like sixty miles an hour. Maybe walk you want to hand wheel it, hand walk it through. I mean, chill out. <laughs> do not think. I, I think it's funny when people think, "Oh, they're such a good sewer. Look how fast they sew." Fast isn't always great. Okay, fast isn't always your answer. Um, fast can cause you problems, and then you have to take them out and start over. Yeah, right. So fast, you know. I have no problem with someone sewing and changing their speed, right, or slowing down or hand-wheeling through something or, you know, looking yep. for a, a hump jumper, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. That's what you need to do. And I, you know, when I go through, anytime I hem jeans, and, you know, I cut part of that yeah. out. But still, I slow down. I see how it's going to go through if it's if it seems like it doesn't want to go through well, and especially if I'm not on one on my machines, yeah. you know, I hand wheel through it. So it's only four or five stitches. No. You know. And yeah, absolutely. The other thing I like to do with thicknesses, so just ahead of ahead of hump jumpers, ahead of uh presser foot pressure is hammer them if I, I can. Gonna, right. I, it's you the know, next thing I was love, gonna say. If you have something it. you can hammer and mash Hammer and mash it. It's not you possible can, all the time. You can but... use a regular hammer. You mm-hmm. can use a mallet. You can use what they call a, what do they call the seam? Fla- uh, well, the big wooden thing. It's just. It's clapper. Just, clapper. Thank you. Clapper. I was saying clap. Yeah. You can use a seam clapper. There's a lot of things you can use to do this. And it doesn't take much. It's not. It's amazing it's what crazy. happens. It's crazy. It's crazy. It yes. is because I, when we taught the ginger jeans class, I'd have people hammer the area around their buttonhole right, first. Right. Oh my gosh. No, it's amazing what it does. It's, it, it's, it, yeah. Well, and and this is the same thing when you know people, you know, any anybody who teaches sewing, mm-hmm. the, um, and has 
you know, a history of being schooled and sewing, we'll tell you press your seams. Mm -hmm. Press them flat and then press them open. And there's a reason for it. Mm -hmm. And this is one of them. Yeah. Keeps everything. It keeps it neat, tidy, um, you know, and they will stay in place better. Yeah. So... So the hump jumper is definitely great. And then a lot of machines, I think even some of the cheapest machines out there now, they'll come with a presser foot Almost that has always. that little self-leveler yep. thing. Yep. So I used to keep, a, you know, we kept a sample at the shop. I can see it. I'm going right to see it on it my deathbed, yeah. you know, um, of 10 layers of denim. Yeah. Right? This was common. A lot of people would come in and say, I just need to be able to hem my husband's jeans. Mm-hmm. You know, will this $200 machine do it? Yeah. You know, I know that, you know, $4 million machine will do it. Well, the $200. And we would go, well, here's our eight layers of denim. Yeah. Right? And we'd sew through it. Yeah. And we didn't have any problems. Yeah. So, um, the, the, uh, the sample was like a rect, like 10 rectangles and they were staggered. Right. Okay. But along the short side. Right. Okay. So I could show someone coming up there that that was nice and gradual. Right. Okay. And then I could also just start on the, like along the long side and, and sew the, sew the short length of it. And I could just put the presser foot down and go. Now that's not showing though, like the, hump the hump leveling hump. capability. Right. So it's like, okay, Sophia could, Slowly go up to 10 layers. Sophia can go boom right down on 10 layers. But a very helpful technique would be um, doing, you know, showing someone also getting a piece of fabric out, folding it over a few times to kind of mimic a flat felt seam and, and right. putting the hump jumper and, behind you it. You know, so. with, with us in our shop, where this would come in is we would show people how to use this mm-hmm. in what we called our guide classes. Right. So if you purchase a machine mm-hmm. and guide classes come with it and you think you know everything, you probably did know everything at one time, but you may have forgot or it may be something a little bit new. Go to the guide classes. Yeah. They're yeah. just invaluable. Absolutely. So um, anyway, that is, yeah, hump jumpers are not, you know, BS. I don't. I'm sure someone out there's using it wrong, though. <laughs> well, I think. Oh, yeah, they're putting it in front. Yeah, or right. like right. now. I have also seen. So we're talking about the hump jumper you just put behind you. Mm-hmm. I've seen something that's sort of like a leveler that can. It'll extend forward in front of the needle, but there's a line right. where the needle can stitch a straight. Slot. Yeah, so that would it can help you come off of a hump too. So there are things like that. Uh, it'll it'll. You know, do that, but yeah, it's it, they, well, read they can the be instructions, useful. yep, you know, th- that come with it. I mean, and how it's used, yeah, but yes, they work, they, yeah, they can definitely be useful. You don't need them all the time, no. and honestly, I don't use them on every pair of jeans I hem. Like, I'm just, you know, sometimes I've hammered it, so it's fine, it's you know, a, it's not. I, a big deal, I would but. say I, I use them seldom, yeah, because I, like I said, I cut out the bulk. Yep, and I mash it down, or I hammer mm-hmm. it, or you know whatever I might well, be doing. Well, and and also it's not to say that we don't sew on thick stuff because if you just start out on the thickness, right. you're you don't need the hump jumper. That's true. Also, too. so I like to be strategic about that. So mm-hmm. I like to be strategic about not needing one. Right. You so think about how you're putting I'm things like, together. Oh, I'm putting and, this yeah. purse handle mm-hmm. on. How can I do this right. so that I'm just on the same right. thickness the whole time? Or right. you know, is there is there a way that I can do that? I right. do think about that sometimes so um 
you know, you can strategize your way out of needing a hump jumper occasionally, but, you know, they, they can be but super But they're not useful. BS, Fred. No, good. I don't know. And I think Fred probably uses them and kind of probably knows that in some sense. Yeah, actually, like, just knowing Fred, I wonder what what she's encountered right i wonder what well and i she, wonder what shenanigans so, and are out she there. is sewing mm-hmm. on it in her job she's sewing on a lot of heavy duty stuff mm-hmm. i assume she's using a commercial machine um but fred will attack anything yep. so yep that's, that's why right. she's asking all these okay, questions let's see if there's anything else <laughs> Okay. All right. I think that's good. Uh, this is a lovely question. I thank you for your your input, Fred. All right. Well, if you've got any more questions, you can um, email them to Mallory at SoHere.com. And ZD, take it away. So long and so happy. Thanks for listening to Sewing Out Loud. For even more expert sewing advice, visit SoHere.com.